I don't think Florida is very good at all. Uh, I, I can see this being like one of those 31-7 type games, just an absolute slow, just methodical beating where Georgia is in control from start to finish, and they kind of get going offensively right before the big game gets All right, welcome in. Today is Thursday, October 27th. We hope you're having a wonderful day. We appreciate you being with us here on Always College Football. So much to get to this weekend, but you know, I mean, we're always going to hit it from every possible angle. We're going to do some recaps. We're going to hit some games. We're going to dive in, but you know what Thursdays are about. Thursdays are about making you money. That's why we bring on Chris the Bear Felica to help break down the games from every possible angle. Let's find an angle. Let's find an edge. Let's try to get you in the black, not the red. We want you in the black. All right. He's Mark Kubiak. I'm Greg McElroy. Please like, rate, and subscribe wherever it is you're getting the podcast. We appreciate you very, very much. I also have a bone to pick. You're going to hear it towards the end of the show. I have a massive bone to pick with the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten. You don't want to miss it. It's extremely frustrating. And they are completely punting on an opportunity to make college football better. I'll explain, but first, let's make you some money. Here's Chris the Bear Felica. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence. The confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. All right, every Thursday he joins us. Been on an absolute tear. Chris the Bear Felica, been rolling it up in his column that you can see on ESPN.com. And you can also listen to Bear and Stanford Steve. They have an amazing podcast covering all of college football. So, Bear, thanks for being with us, my friend. How are we doing? We're, we're, we're doing all right. We, um, we had a nice little little soccer win uh, the other day with uh, Manchester City and Dortmund, the, uh, the draw around plus 325 or so was the uh, best bet on daily wagers. So that uh, it was a good afternoon. It was, it was, it was a good time, and uh, college football has been good. Um, we've uh, worked our way into the, uh, the top seven in the William Hill College Football Contest, so that's a paying position. We are, there you um, go. A half, we are a half a point out of the lead of the, uh, the, uh, the Circa College Football or Football Handicappers Tournament which Derek Stevens and the guys at Circa are putting on, which is great. So, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a good, fun season so far, and we're going to see if we can keep the, uh, the momentum going as we get towards the, October, towards the end of October into November. Well, let's do it. Let's keep it going, man. Let's start with are you tonight's gonna, are, action. Are, 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 are uh, you going to start with some 
he's going to start with some terrible game tonight or something. Like that. And ask me about like BYU and East Carolina on Friday. You're going to do that again? The, that, like, it doesn't have to be strong plays. It just has to be <laughs> leans because I want to. I want people to watch all these games. I want to hit a million different games. We don't have to dive deep. Like if there's some you feel really strong about, boom, we'll fire. But if, okay. if you want to have a little action on Virginia Tech, NC State, you want to take the 13 and a half that NC State's giving, which I would recommend, uh, then <laughs> I want people to have a little bit of a lean. How can you, based on what we've seen from NC State the last couple of weeks, Bear, how can you justify them being nearly a two-touchdown favorite? Have you seen Virginia Tech? Yes, and enough to know that I, I don't like them, <laughs> but I especially don't like anything that NC State's done at any point this year, let no. alone when they've lost Devin Leary. No, I guess even before Leary was, was ruled out for the year, like their offense was not anything of a, of a of a big threat. And since the backup has come in, I mean, it's even more of a struggle to to get the ball downfield. So, like, it's a ridiculously low total at thirty nine. Uh, that's a hard yeah. one to go to go under. Uh, maybe you maybe you isolate a an NC State team total under or a Virginia Tech team total under. I, I don't know what one I would like better. Uh, then the number at 13 and a half is kind of indicating, what, 27, 13, somewhere around there, 27, 14. Like, how's NC State getting 30 points? So that, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't see them getting there. I, I can assure you of that. I will be interested, though, and seeing if NC State coming off, spend a little bit of time to self-reflect, will they be a little bit better? Another good one tonight, mm-hmm. Utah at Washington State in Pullman. I, I love this spot right now for Washington State. I think Utah is good. I think Utah's got questions on defense. And I don't like Utah as much away from home as I do at home. Washington State, however, in Pullman, the Palouse, you've seen it. Difficult place to go play. And yep. Bear, I'm done backing road teams. Like I, I'm over this... You know, taking road teams. I've been burned the last few weeks. It's time to start really valuing the home field. And I think this is the spot to do it here in the Palouse. Yeah, I, I would think that Wazoo would be the play uh, here tonight in this game. I mean, Utah coming off of the, the big upset win a couple of weeks ago, had the had the week off. and, and But now you're going on the road, uh, a tough spot, a team that had Oregon beat um, early, earlier this year. It, it, they, they play... Uh, the style of football, which really complements uh, their offense and their defense and their ability to uh, to just just have their offense help their defense. They do a really good job uh, in game planning. Uh, Can Cam Rising and Dalton Kincaid and those guys put up a massive uh, number like they did against that porous USC secondary? I don't know. I would agree with you. I think taking the seven here with Wazoo uh, is the right way. Uh, I refuse to ask you about the the games tomorrow night. East Carolina at BYU. <laughs> this does feel like a spot to buy low on BYU, and you're kind of ECU fresh off the beatdown of UCF. Maybe they're a little overvalued this week. So I, I do think this. If I had to play on Friday night, it's BYU minus the three. But I don't love it. If you have a lean, go for it. But I refuse to ask you about another game involving teams that you clearly don't care that much about. <laughs> how, 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 I mean, boy, what, what about FIU? By the way, same same record as Miami at three. I mean, you talk about how bad FIU was to start the year, and now they've they've actually rallied and won some games, and they're sitting there at three and four, uh, just like their uh, Dade County counterparts, uh, Miami at three and four. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a that's, like that's a rough one though. That, that, that's a rough one though. That one won't be uh, that one won't be on in the, in the hotel room tomorrow night. I can assure you that. 
I think it might be a big dinner instead, uh, which I can completely <laughs> understand. All right, let's get into Saturday's action. A lot of interesting games. Let's start with Kentucky, Tennessee. That's the game you'll be at. I thought the line was beautiful. You know what I mean? Like I thought it was perfect to where I, I just perfect. felt like it was about right. Uh, I, I see this game being between about 10 and a 14-point game. I'd have a difficult time laying the points with Tennessee given how good Kentucky's been defensively. They haven't given up more than 24 points in 11 straight games. Tennessee, on the other hand, they've scored 30 or more in 10 straight games, longest streak they've had in quite a, in school history, if I'm not mistaken. So what gives here, Bear, Tennessee a 12.5-point favorite against the Cats? I, I, I think it's a, a tough spot when you look at not only this game, but the, uh, the game in Jacksonville with Tennessee and Georgia – both laying huge numbers the week before the massive showdown uh, in Athens. I, uh, I get what you're saying about Kentucky, but offensively, they're just not very good at all. Uh, you, you would assume at some point mm-hmm. in the game that, that Hooker and Hyatt and that offense is going to break out and, and put up some big numbers and break some big plays. Uh, I, their offensive, Kentucky's offensive line is so bad. You look at like sack rate and, and in terms of like dropbacks, they're the worst in the country. Like like worse than Iowa. It's like bad. Uh, it's good that Will Levis now had a little extra time to to heal up. Uh, you would think that people would be on Kentucky in this game because of what I said earlier about the the Vols and the maybe look ahead spot to the the, the Georgia game next week. Obviously, Mark Stoops. These are the types of situations that he lives for, uh, being a big disrespected dog, but. Uh, as much as I love Mark, I, I just I can't see it. I can't see them going on the road uh, and getting the win. Now, if you want to take the points, I, I could, I can understand that. But if I had to play the game, I'd actually lay the twelve. Wow. I, I, see, I'd be. I think I might be on the other side there, Bear. I think I might take the points. I know we just said, hey, I hate the road game, but the look ahead factor to me is the one that I'm focused more on. You mentioned them. We'll go to them. Florida, Georgia games in Jacksonville, but. Florida currently sitting there as north of a three and a half touch of three and change touchdown dog to 22 and a half is the number as we sit here right now feels like a lot of points because I look at this Florida team and I think they're more well-equipped than Auburn. Obviously they're more well-equipped than what we've seen from good goodness gracious from Vanderbilt. But I think if Anthony Richardson plays his tail off, he can make enough plays to, uh, I think create some issues for the Georgia defense. Georgia's not as good against the run this year uh, as they were a year ago. I'm not sure this defense is quite as cerebral as they were last year and being able to identify. And I think Billy Napier will have a good plan. But man, 22 and a half feels like a lot in a rivalry game, especially knowing what looms next week with Tennessee coming to town. Yeah, I I think we're on opposite sides of this one as well. I, I just think that Florida defense is so, so bad. I know that Georgia's had some injuries at the wide receiver position and they, they struggled at times, but they still got the great tight ends. Uh, I don't think Florida is very good at all. Uh, I, I can see this being like one of those 31-7 type games, just an absolute slow, just methodical beating where Georgia is in control from start to finish and they kind of get going offensively right before the big game next week. Um, Fair enough. I like it, Bear. I like when we have some opposites here. Yeah, uh, no, you've been hot, people, so if they want to tell you, funny. I won't take it it's, too personal. It's funny because people always say, oh, yeah, well, what, what fun is it listening to two guys agree all the time? And it's not like we're forcing disagreement. But, but I think that goes to show you how uh, two people who 
allegedly know what they're talking about and watch a lot of football can can uh, interpret a line and interpret a situation in two completely different ways. And that's why uh, the, the 10% vigorish always comes out on top. <laughs> right. I do think, I do think that you would be on the sharp side. I'm probably more on the public side of both those, but public hasn't been terrible of late Ohio state, Penn state's in the noon slot there for Fox, this line 15 and a half. You look at James Franklin. I know they've been awful against top 10 teams since gosh, I mean, even beyond James Franklin against, Top 10 teams, I think they're like 1 in 19 in the last two decades or whatnot if you're Penn State. But if you look at how James Franklin's fared in this game in particular, 6-2 and two against the spread against Ohio State, he's getting 15.5 at home. I think Penn State's a little bit more like the group we saw last week than they were the group we saw against Michigan. And athletically, I think they can match up better than most in the Big Ten. So I would take the points with the home dog here, but I do feel, Bear, like it could be a little bit trendy given the success that James Franklin's had against the Buckeyes and keeping it close. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and look, I, I what Penn State did uh, last week, rallying after getting the doors blown off uh, against Michigan the previous week is fine. But look, this is not Minnesota who is starting a backup quarterback, and it's not Minnesota's defense. It's not – as much as we love Mo Ibrahim, this is a team that's got two legit running backs, Mayan Williams and Trevon Henderson – and all those receivers, and C.J. Stroud. Like, I don't know. Like, look, the, the, the Minnesota offense was so one-dimensional last week with the uh, with, with the back of it made, I think, Manny Diaz and Penn State's job a heck of a lot easier. I think this game has blowout written all over it. I'm, uh, I'm laying the points here as well. Wow, I love it. You're all over it, Bear. How about these big favorites the Bears tailing? I, I've well, never look, seen look, anything look, quite like it. Here's the thing. Look at, look at last week. Like, like – when I was I was mentioning my uh, my Will Hill contest and some of the other co- football contests that I'm in, the circuit contest, like I had Ohio State minus thirty and I had uh, Alabama minus twenty one and a half, like on my like list of games that I was seriously considering putting on the sheet. And ultimately, I didn't put one of those on the sheet. I decided to put the Denver Broncos in there against the New York Jets. It's one of my five picks, <laughs> and that wound up losing, even though the Jets had like hundred yards passing and somehow found a. Another way to win a game that was really uh, losable. How, how bad's Denver, by the way? But people don't want to hear about the NFL, do they? <laughs> and, 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 my, and my awful. Uh, uh, my, I mean, my, I, my, I think my, people my like seeing impen- I think people like car wrecks. Uh, and <laughs> I think that, well, train wreck, frankly, that's exactly yeah. what Denver is right now. I mean, the Russell Wilson stretching for four hours on a plane. Like, I'm sure that's not for optics. And the fact that that got out, I'm sure that was, you know, I wonder where that came from. Uh, That dude is just pure authenticity uh, in every sense of the word. Um, (laughs) Let's let's go to uh, the upstate here. I don't care. Unless I don't plan on Russell Wilson being a a guest on Always College Football. You got to deal with them, so you don't have to say anything. But... He can kick rocks in his whole pack of Badgers stuff. I mean, give me a break. I'm not, I don't buy it. All right. I'm rooting for Geno Smith. I hope he takes the Seahawks to the Super Bowl. All right. Let's go to uh, North, Notre Dame against Syracuse. Uh, Notre Dame getting two and a half on the road. Now, I think a lot of people, Bear, came away very impressed with what Syracuse yeah. did last week. Uh, obviously, second half, not great. Didn't do great along the line of scrimmage. I'm calling this game, so I'm going to abstain. But I think most people came away from last week thinking, man, you know what? Syracuse is legit. Wasn't sure what they'd be, but they were pretty dang good and impressive and had Clemson on the ropes a little bit. Granted, some of it was Clemson's (laughs) doing. 
But Notre Dame comes in after kind of a ho-hum performance against UNLV. So, you know, this team, when they rev their engines, they look good. But, man, they make some bad plays as well. So do you have a lean here? Two and a half the Irish are getting on the road. Yeah, they, they, they had Clemson on the ropes a whole lot of it. It, it, took, it took a couple of terrible uh, personal foul calls by officials to really swing. I mean, third and 20, it was fourth down, and then and they, they flag uh, the, the whatever the hell that, that was, a push, not even a push. It was, it was just a bad call. And then, of course, they don't call the one on Schrader as well. So that, those two plays really swung that fourth quarter quite a bit. Yeah, but we talked about last week how Syracuse's defense was – uh, statistically, in terms of like defensive efficiency, ranked higher than Clemson, so like it wasn't a total surprise yeah. that 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 Syracuse hung around this game, especially given uh, some of the struggles of the the, the Clemson offense at times. This is, I think, is a tough spot, though. I, I think, uh, like we were talking about, maybe some obvious spots or whatever. This appears to be like one of those obvious spots where it's Notre Dame or pass. Uh, it's a lot of times you see these yeah. undefeated teams that are having a Cinderella-type season that they suffer that first loss and the air comes out of their balloon and they are right. a little bit flat the next week. It, I would think it would be hard to be flat against Notre Dame when you're coming home in the midst of a season where you can still legitimately uh, win nine or ten games. If you look at the schedule, I, I think that's on the table. But uh, it would be Notre Dame or pass for here just because I do think that Notre Dame defense will make life a little bit more a, a little bit difficult. Uh, for the Syracuse offense. Plus, uh, and uh, the it, way they lost too. a couple penalties. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, like, Schrader, things that they're probably okay a little too. angry about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Schrader, obviously. Uh, I know he's banged well. up. I mean, and, and you look him, I mean, he took a lot of shots in that yeah. game bear. I mean, shoot, man. I mean, he was beat up. I know, uh, you know, limping around a little bit after the game. Uh, so no, I doubt he's a hundred percent, but who is at this point of the season? Right. So it'll be interesting to watch that one. Look forward to being on the call there noon Eastern time on ABC TCU's on the road at West Virginia. That's also at noon. This to me is just a complete, this one <laughs> scares me for TCU bear. I now, yeah. if this line, this line sitting we, we, here at we've seven said that and a half, every, we've right? Said that every like week, it, by the way, <laughs> I know the cardiac, the cardiac toads, uh, they are, they're a lot, and they they seem to find a way every week. But they have, you know, the balls kind of bounce their way a couple times. You know, if Adrian Martinez is still in the game, shoot, if Kansas State's backups in the game, is it, yep. the, is it the same result? Uh, you know, you look at just just how it's kind of worked in their favor a little bit. I, and last week, I kind of thought, hey man, it's this is this is going to be the week that it comes to a close. At some point, we're going to be proven right. I don't think they lose at West Virginia. But I think West Virginia might be able to get some points on them. And I wouldn't be shocked if West Virginia plays maybe their best game of the year, knowing they have to have it for their coach and and they have to have it if they're going to do anything of significance this year. So uh, I think West Virginia and the points at home makes the most sense. But the line at seven and a half bear has me feeling a little bit uneasy about it. Yeah, no, the fact that it's north of a touchdown and you can grab a, a home team uh, getting seven and a half and what's certain to be a high scoring game. Uh, it certainly looks like West Virginia will be the 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 the, the I guess public side for lack of a, a better phrase, uh, just because of getting the doors blown off in Lubbock last week, which was a a good result for me. Now you come home after a poor performance, both offensively and defensively. 
uh, a spot right. where you can kind of rally. Yeah, it, it looks like West Virginia will probably get a majority. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I will. I would probably just look at, uh, like you said, the West Virginia team total over and expect this game to be higher. And you you would expect the uh, the Mountaineers to to play much better offensively now at home and avoid what what what, what do you have three picks last week? I think so. I, I would I would look yeah. at, at at West Virginia over at the very least. Like even if they don't cover, this could be one of those. 40, 45, 35 type game, something like that. Yeah, I could see it like that. High scoring. Uh, just wouldn't be surprised if we saw West Virginia's best this week. I wouldn't at all. Do mm. not be shocked by that whatsoever. But TCU, they've responded to every challenging spot that they've been in. Wouldn't be shocked if they did it yep. this time. However, it's on the road. A little bit trickier, I think. Heading to Morgantown, especially noon start. 11 local there in Fort Worth could be a little tricky. I think a tough one there for TCU. Let's go Oklahoma State, Kansas State, one of my favorite games of the weekend. Still trying to figure out the availability of Will Martinez or Adrian Martinez. And if for whatever reason he can't go, will they have to roll with Will Howard, who looked pretty good in relief of yeah, Adrian Martinez? So I, yeah, he's, I, he's I can't play this game right now, Bear, until I know. No, I, no, you, 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 this is certainly a. A game for uh, information seekers and information recipients only, because you've got two teams. You got Kansas State coming off of the blowing the massive lead, and you've got Oklahoma State with with a massive comeback and pulling the uh, the upset at Texas. The, the uh, in these types of games, a close spread, uh, toss up type games, I always err on the side of Oklahoma State just because of Gundy's uh, ability to find a way to win these close toss-up type games. So I would I would lean towards Oklahoma State, but but again, it's not a it's it's nothing major uh considering that we really don't know anything about who's going to line up under center for for uh, the Wildcats. Yeah, the diagnosis for Adrian Martinez is a quote severe knee bruise. So if he can't go it'll be Will Howard, but either way, uh Adrian Martinez of course, mm-hmm. him being in the lineup massive for the Kansas State Wildcats. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Wake Forest on the road at Louisville. This line surprised me, Bear. Uh, Probably one of the more surprising lines of the weekend. Wake Forest currently, obviously, just one loss in the loss column. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now against Louisville on the road. Now, this one... All points bulletin screams to me Wake Forest, but I also kind of like over here Bear a little bit as well. Was there a is there something that you kind of liked when evaluating this one? No, not 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 really. To be quite honest with you, this is a this is a total stay away game because I, I Louisville is a team that I have not been able to read at all this year. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were, they were on their way to losing at Virginia a couple of weeks ago. And was on the wrong side of that game, and he, Louisville, Louisville. You know how every every year it seems like there's one team that it doesn't matter what you're you're on them, you're against them. Like you're always on the wrong side. <laughs> Louisville, Can't Louisville's win. that team. <laughs> yeah, Louisville's that team for me. So I, I just uh, in terms of there's so many games to handicap, I just kind of I blow past Louisville every week because it's just a it, it's a total crapshoot. Who can blame you there? The stinky line of the week award goes to Missouri, South Carolina. Uh, This line makes no sense uh, whatsoever. Missouri has been very average at best all year long, but they've been okay along the defensive front. 
They mm-hmm. now go to South Carolina. Nobody's hotter in the SEC, at least as far as just the perception of the program, than South Thank Carolina. You. They're a four-point favorite at home against Missouri. How is that possible? Yeah, perception. I, I, I had South Carolina last week. I'm thankful they, they, they got the win and they got the cover. But watching that game, I was scared to death every time they had the ball because I, offensively they're not very good. Uh, now their defense was played a heck of a lot better than than I, I had anticipated, but I, I worry about them uh, moving the ball consistently. You know, now Missouri, like you said, they can stop the run a little bit uh, and maybe keep this game low scoring. But this is this is, I think will be the ultimate pros versus Joe's game where, where you've got Missouri limping in here, South Carolina now ranked. Right. Uh, so like it would be Missouri or pass for me in this game. Uh, this is going to be one of those super lopsided ticket counts as well, where everyone's going to have South Carolina, and and maybe if you wait, you right. can maybe get a get a four and a half or so and uh, improve your number a little bit. But if I had to play this game, I would play Missouri. It's about as crazy as yeah. Seems. I'm with you, I, and I, I I'll tell you this: Missouri's good up front defensively, and they're going to limit Marshawn Lloyd. I, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I I do think they will make life difficult. And South Carolina is a little bit more like Auburn than you might want to might want to you know. I remember <laughs> that, Missouri not, and Auburn that, came down to the wire. That's not, that, that, that's not a good thing, right? When you when you're being compared to 2022. No, Auburn no, or, no. They're yeah, more yeah, similar I'm, than you might want to think. Okay, like <laughs> like I do think that Missouri has better weapons offensively. I do, and I think their offensive line is a little bit better than Auburn. But I think there are some similarities there, especially just maybe a deflating kind of. Hey, they just had a huge win last week. Great win. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. The state fair, all this other stuff. I wouldn't be shocked if Missouri comes in off the bye week and and plays really well. A few more, Bear, before we get you out of here. A couple that stood out to me. Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Ole Miss now a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road to A&M. A&M, we just talked about South Carolina. Their wheels have come off. Like, this is a how – I mean, these coaches don't like each other. There's animosity, and now just a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Is Ole Miss on the road at Texas A&M? You have to take A&M, do you not? I mean, the line yeah, to it, me feels like yeah. a dead giveaway. Yeah, it, it's A&M or pass it in. We we had had a lot of conversation, uh, I think, this year about Ole Miss and how I didn't think they were as good as their record seemed to indicate. And finally, last week, it happened. The, the, the bubble cup finally broke, and, and right. now you're going on the road. And, and like A&M last week, I mean, defensively, they played pretty well. I mean, that was a classic Beamer ball type with, with the non-offensive touchdowns. And, and I don't know whether it's going to be uh, Wegman or if, if Haynes King's shoulder is going to be okay. But right. I, I kind of like the Aggies in this game. Going home now, I, I don't well, – what about the suspension? Yeah, the suspensions are a bunch of freshmen who probably haven't even played. So, so like, I, I, I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball – uh, very, very well against the Aggies front. Uh, I, I like A&M in this game. I'm, I'm with you, Bear. Uh, I think that that one, uh, that holds true for me as well. Other overreactions, Oregon and Cal. Oregon's 17 and a half point favorite on the road at Cal. There's one thing Justin Wilcox can do is play well as a double-digit dog. Uh, I think you're going to get that well this year, this week too. Plus, you know Oregon's reading their press clippings a little bit. Like I think they win the game. But man, laying seventy and a half on the road at Cal might be sleepy in Berkeley. I I don't know, man. Well, I kind of like well, taking I, the I, points here for the home dog. I, I thought that was the angle a couple of weeks ago when they went down to Tucson and they and they were a fourteen point favorite right. in, in, in a sleepy atmosphere down there, and they just absolutely annihilated the Wildcats. So I, I think Oregon is legit good. But like you said, I mean, I can 
understand the argument for taking the points here, uh, coming off the hype and excitement of last week, and now all of this talk about oh, Oregon, maybe Oregon, if they went out, they could be in the playoff. So, yeah, I get right. I get what you're saying, but th- this would be a no play for me. Maybe maybe, maybe you could anything look at else. A, you- uh, maybe maybe you could look at an Oregon team total under uh, if you like Wilcox and you're worried mm-hmm. about maybe laying. Maybe maybe you could look at that. I can get on board with that. I do think it's interesting, though. Uh, there's just, I, you know, I mean, I like the overreaction stuff. Like, if I could get yes. a team on sale uh, mm-hmm. or a team that Great. is, you know, like Arkansas a couple weeks ago against BYU, it's like no one thinks Arkansas is worth a damn. They've lost three in a row. All right, I'll take that team right there at Arkansas, play them against BYU every day of the week, and it was like a no, it was no doubter, right? right. So. Right. I'm all about the overreactions. I think if we can prey on the overreactions, we're in great shape. Uh, anything else you love, Bear, this weekend? UCLA, Stanford, I, UCLA, I, nearly I, a 17-point favorite. Oklahoma, I, Iowa State is an interesting one. Yeah, I actually like Oklahoma in that game because I mean, we've talked about how bad Oklahoma's defense is, but we've also talked about how bad Iowa State's offense is. And, and I know they've had the, the off weeks. It's the, lot, the close loss down in Austin a couple of weeks ago. But – I don't think Iowa State's going to be able to do much offensively to really threat, like really expose how bad that Sooner defense is. I think with Gabriel back now, they're a completely different team on offense. You talk about getting a team on sale. I think you maybe you're getting Oklahoma on sale a little bit in this game. And uh, you look at the Oklahoma schedule, like the way it runs uh, runs out here. I mean, they got a legit chance to, to go nine and three. I mean, obviously they have the Bedlam game, but they should probably win uh, all of the other games on their schedule based on where they are. So I, I like OU minus the uh, the one. And then I would look at the USC team total, uh, and I'd go over there. I alluded to how bad the Arizona defense was uh, a couple of weeks ago against Oregon. Uh, I would think uh, a week having a week to sit around and stew on the uh, the close loss at Rice-Eccles, I would think that the, uh, the USC offense will be ready to, uh, to put on a show. I love that, Bear. Great stuff, my friend. Awesome, awesome stuff, as always. Let's keep the hot hand rolling, huh? We'll try. That's the goal. It's the goal every week. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Absolutely. Take care, Greg. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes hiring all in one place so easy because it takes 10 minutes or less for most small business employers to post a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed also has a jaw-dropping pool of talent. In fact, three out of four U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comstore. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com slash always. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 offer. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, appreciate Bear Feliga joining us here like he does every single Thursday on Always College Football, but it's time for my final thought. All right, I told you in the open that I have a bone to pick with the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten. It's hard to do these things because both leagues, both conferences are so amazing in so many ways, right? Like there are very few missteps when taking things into account for the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, especially when it comes to their college football product. I mean, the, the ability to promote, the ability to create big audiences, the interest level, the quality of the atmosphere when you're in the stadiums. I've been to Penn State this year. I've been throughout the Southeast. I've been all over the place in college football. And the SEC and the Big Ten do it as well as anybody. We know that, okay? We generate a tremendous amount of interest in our show just because of the Big Ten and the SEC. So let me explain what frustrates me here. Yesterday, big day in college football, right? Big day. Why? Because it's week nine of the college football season. We have some big matchups coming up this weekend. We are deep in the weeds of watching and evaluating and assessing what these teams might be. We're on the cusp of getting college football playoff rankings. We're just a few days away from getting the initial rankings release coming up next Tuesday. So you know what we're not talking about 2023? Why would we be? We're talking about 2022. We're in the we're deep in the weeds, man. Like we got great games coming up. We're trying to figure out Heisman Trophy races. We're trying to figure out who's going to be the team to beat in the Pac-12. Like is the Pac the Big 12 going to cannibalize itself? Like, shoot, man, TCU goes on the road to Morgantown this week and has to kick off at 11 a.m. Central Time. And yet, the Big Ten, yesterday, decided to release the 2023 college football schedule. Why? Without much fanfare whatsoever. I mean, we are completely wasting an opportunity to create a big event in the offseason. And to make things even more ridiculous, the SEC on September 20th, they had their schedule release. September 20th and October 26th for the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten. Like, I get schedule release, man. You know what schedule release would do if you put it, say, you know, mid-January or potentially, say, mid-February? You know what kind of interest that would generate? It would be significant. Look, Fox owns vast majority of the Big Ten rights. What if on FS1 on February 10th, or put it on a Tuesday in February, what if they did this gigantic rankings release, matchup release, like early breakdown of the Big Ten, and then... To tie it all up, you do a massive schedule release where it's, hey, we have this. Here's the big matchups. Here's the dates. Oh, look at week seven. Week seven's amazing. 
that in February, guess what, is going to captivate an audience. And you know what it's also going to do? It's going to shrink the offseason. And I'm not picking on the Big Ten because the SEC is ultimately culpable as well. If you want to put on FS1, put on Big Ten Network. You want to drive an audience to the Big Ten Network in the middle of February? That's the way to do it. How about the SEC? Instead of doing a rankings release show on September 20th, why don't we do that rankings release show in the middle of February, in the middle of January? Now, I know what people are going to say. I get it. Well, hey, it's just so people can plan a year out for games they want to travel to. It's so people can plan a year out for weddings. Well, if you're getting married in the fall, that's on you anyways. And you could probably kind of assume based on the team that you follow and what's happened in years past. Like I know pretty much every week or every year, guess what? Bama plays Tennessee on the third Saturday in October. Guess what? You probably don't want to get married the Saturday after Thanksgiving because you're probably going to have a rivalry game. And based on what's happened in previous years, like, okay, yeah, your team most of the time has a bye week on, boom, week six, seven, 10, eight. But y'all, we are missing an opportunity. You know what the NFL does better than anybody? They never get out of the news cycle, ever. They play their season. They have the Super Bowl. They're in early February. And then what does that spin into? The combine. What does the combine spin into? Pro days. What does the pro days spin into? Free agency. And the NFL draft. What does the NFL draft spin into? OTAs. What does the OTA spin into? A little bit of summer preview where you have about five weeks where people at NFL Network take a vacation for once. And then boom, training camps open middle of July. They never leave the news cycle. But here at college football, it's like, yeah, let's move signing day up to December. You know, and then, you know, signing day in February, we'll just get rid of that. Doesn't matter anymore. So when we finish our national championship there early January, well, Hey, thanks for being with us the last five months, y'all. We really appreciate you. We love you. Hey, we'll see you in spring games at the end of April. How does that make sense? Like, we need to make this sport year-round. We're here at Always College Football. We're going to be doing this show year-round, so there'll be plenty to talk about here on the show. But my goodness, man, give us a schedule release when nobody's talking about college football. Why? So people will talk about college football. It's not a seasonal sport. It's a year-round sport. And if we would adjust our calendar just a little bit, guess what? We could do a better job of captivating the audience when off when other times the audience might not necessarily be paying attention. All right, that's my soapbox. All right, please, SEC, please, Big Ten, think about maybe like a big, gigantic schedule release show in the middle of the offseason. You know how many people would tune in for that? People that are starved for football? A lot. A whole lot. Don't put it in September. Don't put it in October. Put it in February. And let's build up. Maybe do, hey, how about this? Let's do week one matchups get released February, the first Tuesday in February. Week two matchups get released the second Tuesday in February. Week three matchups get released the third Tuesday in February. And all the way up until early May, we do week one through week 13. And you go through and you break down the matchups. And we have this great standalone hour-long show each and every week to break down a week of the college football season. It's a novel idea, and I'd be glad to produce it because I think it'd be awesome. (laughs) So at least you know what you're going to get here on Always College Football come February. We're going to be breaking down the games before 
the spring games, before the summer, and of course, before fall camp. For all of us here at Always College Football, thanks so much for being with us. He's Mark Kubiak. He's Jack Foster. I'm Greg McElroy. Look, we love the game, man. It's all about making the game better. It's all about improving what is already an awesome product. Nothing's broken, but if we can make it better, why wouldn't we? You'll hear more about this rant a little bit later down the road. All right. I can promise you I'm not done. <laughs> but tomorrow, we're going to get into an awful lot of college football games this weekend. A ton of matchups we got to break down. A couple big spreads. A couple of teams that are heavy underdogs. I'm looking at you, Florida. I'm looking at you at Penn State. We're going to try to give you a pathway to success. How do you pull off the upset? We might be able to find a pathway or two for you to be able to knock off one of those top five teams that seem right now to be un. Beatable. They're not. Nobody's unbeatable. All right. <laughs> like, rate, and subscribe on our podcast. That's on Apple Podcast or on Spotify. Hit that thumbs up button right below the ESPN YouTube page. We really appreciate it. For all of us here at Always College Football, thanks for being with us. Come back, check in with us tomorrow, and tell your friends. For all of us here at Always College Football, we hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.